the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pat Vitucci, program guests, and Craig Roberts are not affiliated with Proxy Freedom, LLC. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Proxy Freedom is no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal profession prior to taking action. Advisory services offered through Proxy Freedom, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. Proxy Freedom and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Welcome to Don't Invest and Forget, a weekly financial news magazine designed to educate and equip you with the roadmap and direction you need to manage your money, meet your financial goals, and instill confidence in your investment choices on the road to retirement. Your host is author, radio commentator, Pat Fatucci, with over 30 years experience in the world of finance and investment planning, with special emphasis on retirement planning. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program, go to don'tinvestandforget.com. The Consumer Price Index holds steady in September with year-over-year up 3.7%. For the moment, investors seem to be shrugging off hotter-than-expected wholesale inflation data, and yet another significant war may potentially upset Wall Street. Welcome once again to this edition of Don't Invest and Forget, the program that each and every week helps you keep your finger on the pulse of your money from Wall Street to Main Street to your wallet. Our host, author and industry veteran, Pat Vitucci, and I'm Craig Roberts. Pat, hard to tell exactly what's going to transpire here as we are looking at not only the impact of inflation. Of course, we've seen this war going on between Russia and Ukraine for well over a year now, and yet another war now underfoot in the Middle East. And I guess one of the questions that many folks undoubtedly are asking is, We know that there's been a little bit of a tit-tat going on between the West and Saudi Arabia. They have reduced oil production over the last quarter. And, of course, that means rising costs when it comes to the wholesale price. But I have to wonder whether or not this current event taking place between Gaza and Israel may suggest maybe even more issues related to oil supply and prices and ultimately an impact on consumers and Wall Street. Craig, sadly, we've got another crisis on our hands. And the one thing Wall Street, the stock markets don't like is uncertainty. And boy, we've got chuckfuls of uncertainty. The war in Ukraine was not enough. Now we've got an Israeli Hamas issue that is pretty darn serious. And it can expand exponentially if the wrong players get involved. Now we've got the entire Middle East in a conflagration that would go on, sadly, for way too long. So it's a real tinderbox of political disagreement that we know that area has been fighting for hundreds of years. There is a deep-seated dislike for each other to diplomatically resolve this. doesn't look likely in the short term. How does it affect America? Well, we've been funding Ukraine in a very big way, 
And now with our relationship with Israel, which has been pretty darn solid, Netanyahu and our presidents over the years have gotten along pretty famously. We'll stand arm in arm with Israel, and it could very well likely mean more funding, more ammunitions, more equipment, et cetera, et cetera. And so how far can we take these issues and support these countries without it affecting our budget? It already has, and there's already political angst in Washington about continuing to support Ukraine. We know the Speaker of the House on the Republican side is still up in the air with Matt Gates throwing a monkey wrench into it recently. Now we've got a whole new election of a speaker. And one of the core issues has been our debt levels. And why do we get a budget nine o'clock at night and we need to vote on it by nine o'clock in the morning? And it's got all these hidden spending issues in there, a lot of which is Ukraine-based funding. And now we've got another skirmish in Israel and Hamas. So it is chaos to say the least, Greg. And what does that do to the average John and Mary watching the six o'clock news? And it affects our federal budget in a big, big way. And the controversy in Washington legitimately is how can we keep getting involved in these other wars? Now we are $33 trillion in debt. And so it is a big issue at home here in America. And how politics will play out if you follow the money, it's not going to be an easy solution. And what kind of commitments can we continue to make that's not going to affect the future of this country? And so here we are with inflation numbers. Yes, they're down, but we're still in the 4% range in terms of inflation. We just came out with a tentative 3.2% Social Security increase. Craig, yes, it's a lot smaller than last year's 8.7, but it's concurrently looking at the lower inflation numbers. And so a 3.2% increase tentatively for Social Security may or may not cover the inflation number. So the cost of living continues to be an issue for everyone in America, certainly the price of food, the price of fuel with the Middle East in the middle of this issue, how does that affect the price of a barrel of oil? It's somewhere in the $84 a barrel range. And depending on the severity and the progression or lack of in this war between Israel and Hamas, how does that affect the price of oil, which certainly spills over at our country in terms of affordability of the price of a gallon of gas? So it's all interconnected. So far, the stock market has not taken a nosedive because of all these issues. It's been somewhat flat, but we'll see if other players begin to get involved. It will soon spook Wall Street in a big, big way. Sadly, it may result in a deterioration in the confidence of our system and our trading partners throughout the globe. Is this going to potentially become even more complicated, Pat, as we head into the new year? I mean, we're encouraging listeners to think about reviewing the performance of their investments over the last three quarters and with an eye towards 2024. Well, of course, that's also an election year. So I just wonder, when you add in some of the instability we've seen as a result of COVID, inflation, the Ukraine war, now a war in the Middle East, makes me wonder... Once you add into that a presidential election year, 
Next year could be a pretty unstable 2024. Both parties are filled with ammo in terms of what their campaign platform is going to be. Our lack of unity, I think, will get even more exaggerated with these big issues on the table. So I don't see unity coming anytime soon. Both parties have very distinct, different view where we're going in 2024. We do know interest rates are soaring. Mortgage rates are hovering in the 7.5% range. That affects just about everything else, Craig. As we know, if you're buying a car or buying a refrigerator, interest rates on all those issues are going to be a whole lot higher. And so when we know the consumers represent about three quarters of the buying power, if they're spooked by what they see as the top story on the six o'clock news, they're going to begin to get a little bit reticent about spending and then sprinkle in a UAW strike, which looks like it's growing in nature. The plant in Kentucky having 8,700 workers, it's been called the printing of money because it's such a profitable factory. They make the uh, Ford 250 trucks. Allegedly, it's an extremely profitable plant. And so as that stalemate continues, UAW is expanding its spread of asking workers to go on strike. So unless that's settled soon, that's a big issue. The beginning, the repayment of student debt will take more spending power out of the budget. So we've got a continuing popery of negative issues affecting the stock market, which eventually you'll start seeing a more conservative view about buying into the stock market. And of course, with all this, as we think about the holidays coming up around the corner and an eye toward 2024, raises questions about what kind of decisions do you need to make regarding your financial future and the performance of your investments with an eye toward retirement. Patucci says, don't invest and forget. With me in studio today is Lucas DeWitt. Lucas is a financial advisor with Proxy. Lucas, welcome to the show. Thank you, Pat. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Lucas, we're in some pretty uncertain times. We've got lots of things going on in our country and certainly around the world. We've got inflation numbers looking more and more pathetic. We've got political issues in Washington, D.C. Speaker of the House was ousted this past week. We've got the Ukraine war. We've got oil at record prices. You create financial plans for your clients, your prospects. Talk to our listeners about how you frame that, given the almost chaos we're seeing in the world markets. Right, right. And that's an excellent point. We've got a lot of things going on in the world. Some of these things are just simply out of our control, right? So we have to focus on what we can control. When we're developing financial plans, there's some key factors that individuals or business owners should consider when creating a comprehensive financial plan. And I would say the first thing is you should define your goals. What are your goals and how do you plan on reaching them, right? Start by defining your goals, the short and the long term. Some of these goals may include retirement, purchasing a home, children's education. They could be anything, really, but we need to first establish the goal. And once the goal is established, we can then determine how best to reach that goal. Lucas, I think that's a really good point. And I've always said, write your goals down. If you don't write them down, it kind of escapes in thin air. How important is it to document 
what you want to do, and then revisit that commitment three, six, nine, 12 months later. I've always said, if you don't write it down, it just doesn't happen. That's absolutely true. You know, what gets measured gets accomplished. And if you write down your goals, you may be able to highlight some aspects that you may be missing or didn't account for. And you may find some gaps in your plan. So this comes down to budgeting as well. Like creating a detailed budget that outlines your monthly expenses will not only show you how much money you spend on day-to-day activities, but it may also highlight areas that you can cut back on some spending. Once the budget is established and you know how much money you have left over each month, it makes it much easier to figure out how much money you can put towards savings and investments and cater to your financial plan overall. You know, because it's always sexy to talk about the stock market and investments. It's pretty exciting to watch the Dow Jones and NASDAQ. What we don't talk about a lot is the debt side of the ledger. Managing debt is a key issue, and it's that interest rate issue that can erode the growth of any portfolio, given the fact that we've got rates at some all-time high. I mean, mortgage rates are in the 7.5% range, somebody even predicting going 8%. How much time do you spend talking to your clients about the debt side of the ledger? Well, that is extremely important. If you over leverage yourself, you could quickly find yourself in a situation where that debt becomes unmanageable. It can be difficult to understand that some people are operating on fixed income and you may have to rely on those credit cards or other forms of debt, but you should really try to keep it at least below 30% um, as far as credit card debt utilization. There's also a couple of tips or tricks where if you can't pay off that credit card debt right away, perhaps you could take out a personal loan. Yeah, you'll have to pay back the loan. Yes, you're going to be paying interest on it. But as long as the interest is lower than the credit card interest, it'll at least save you some money. Um, Another another thing you can do is called a credit card balance rollover. Some credit card companies offer you a period of time where they charge you a 0% APR and they allow you to roll the balance over from an existing card onto that new card. So it could save you a couple months of interest payments there. Also, um, if you have debt that you're struggling to get, get out from under and you have an insurance policy that allows you to take out loans against that policy, that may be another alternative to alleviate some interest payments. Usually if you take out a loan against an insurance policy, it'll have a reasonably low interest rate. So you could use that to pay off some of that high interest rate debt. I saw recently a card interest rate 26%. I mean, years ago, that used to be called user rates. They would put you in jail for charging 26%. Now it's customary. Just can't get under that umbrella of risk because you just never catch up and you make the credit card companies just even more, more rich. Yeah, and the funny thing about that is a lot of those credit card companies, they actually offer high-yield savings accounts. And why are they able to offer you a high-yield savings account that gives you a 5% return on your money? It's because they're charging everyone else such a high interest rate that they can give that savings back to people who have money in their savings account. So you just got to, you can't over leverage yourself. You have to be financially responsible. And if you can't afford it, you know, perhaps now isn't the the right time to be buying it, especially in a rising interest rate environment. Lucas, that four-letter word that no one wants to talk about, risk, R-I-S-K, it's something that you really have to formulate a philosophy around it and mitigating risk, knowing when to give that risk to an insurance company, whether it's through homeowner's policy, auto policy, a variable annuity where you let the insurance company take the risk of the downsides in the stock market. What level of mitigation of risk are you generally comfortable with? 
Um, well, I, I would say it depends on where you are in your investment time horizon, right? If, if you are nearing retirement, the closer you get to retirement, you should be slowly peeling back that unnecessary risk. If you're close to retirement and you only need a, to get a certain percentage return on your investments to reach that goal, whatever that goal is, maybe it's time to consider peeling back some risk and going into more conservative investments that will still help you reach that goal, but won't be as affected by volatility. I think that's a really good point. You know, we, we all are emotional, impulsive kind of people, and we want to get the latest toys. We want to keep up with our neighbors. You know, we want to keep up with the challenges. And sometimes we overreact. We buy that boat or that RV or that hot convertible that we absolutely have to have. But understanding that's going to influence our general financial plan. And that coupled with high tax brackets, if you live in a high tax bracket state, tax efficiency of your financial plan really can make a meaningful impact on the growth of that portfolio. Absolutely. If, if you're a high earner and you're in a high income tax state, you should really be trying to defer taxes as efficiently as possible. Um, if you have an advisor and an accountant, they should really be working together hand in hand to make sure each other's recommendations reduce that tax profile as efficiently as possible. A dollar saved is just as good as a dollar earned and keeping as much pocket as possible is key to helping you reach your financial goals. And you've got a whole collection of investment products that are designed around tax efficiency and not volunteering too much to your federal or state tax issue, don't you? Correct. I mean, I mean, there's the traditional routes. You can go with the traditional IRAs, 401ks, there are Roth options. Roth accounts are great if you believe that taxes will be higher when you retire or if you lived in a uh, low income tax state and you're not really getting taxed too much off the top. Those are <clears throat> great alternative to the traditional investment vehicles. But if you are a high income earner and you do live in a high income tax state, you should really be trying to defer those taxes as much as possible. With me in studio today is Lucas DeWitt. Lucas is a financial advisor with Proxy. If you have any questions or you'd like a free consultation with Lucas, give our offices a call, one 888 That's one 888 You know, the whole financial plan, Lucas, you've been doing this for a lot of years. It really needs to be revisited on a regular basis because like in any road that we go down, there's always a detour, there's always obstacles rarely goes as planned, but to deviate and change your plan is really something that needs constant intervention. I'm sure you have an opportunity to talk with your clients on a regular basis to make changes based on what's going on in their life, also what's going on in the marketplace. So it's always two moving targets that you've got to kind of juxtapose next to each other and make adjustments. It's really important to always revisit where they are relative to their road to retirement and, and looking at what's going on in their life, looking at the marketplace and adjusting based on inflation numbers, the Federal Reserve, debt levels. Do they want to retire to Florida? Do they do they want to retire next week? Did they get downsized last week from their job? Those surprises in life happen and you've got to be there to kind of catch them and, and 
redirect them based on a whole new set of data. And maybe there is nothing that needs to be changed in their plan. Maybe they just need, a, you know, a guiding voice to tell them that they're on the right track and keep doing what they're doing. Some people just need a little bit of reassurance to make sure they're, they're heading down the right path. So whatever the case may be, I'm here to not only help them with their finances, but also be kind of like a beacon of light to make sure that they're heading in the right direction. Holding their hand during difficult times, people sometimes panic and they say, oh my gosh, I, you know, the market didn't do well last week. I'm going to get out and go to cash. And you want to be there to give them the right advice. With me in studio, Lucas DeWitt with Proxy. I enjoyed visiting with you today. Let's do this again soon. Pleasure to speak with you, Pat. Pat Petucci says, don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget. You probably recall as a young person the joy of the honeymoon experience and heading off to uh, maybe a special vacation land or somewhere to uh, celebrate your marriage. It's a special time. It's a getting to know you time and couples that have been married for many, many years, it might seem like it's far, far off in the distance. But there's certainly much to be said about that so-called honeymoon phase. And yet after a while, Reality sets in and you have to get into the the day-to-day fluctuations of life and going to work and raising children and paying the bills. And after a while, some of the shine from the honeymoon begins to tarnish. Is that also true when it comes to retirement? Pat Fatucci's got some answers on that. And Pat, I guess everybody that starts to approach retirement age, they can see the finish line within their sights, begins to get excited. Wow, I'm not going to have to deal with a boss anymore or the commute. I get to get up in the morning, do exactly what I want to do, travel, fulfill all those dreams that have been on hold during all of my working years. And then once you reach retirement, it doesn't take very long for some folks to find that shine quickly tarnishes too. It's probably the most misunderstood phase of life. We all have a vision. We all have a dream. It's always interesting to me, having been a financial advisor to future retirees for 30 plus years, how significantly different people react to this new phase in life. It is entirely different. Think about it. We've been trained since kindergarten, Craig. We get up, we get dressed, we have our breakfast, we go to school, we go to work, we come home. We eat, we go to bed. Retirement breaks this entire routine completely. Reacting to that significantly different structure of the day is difficult for many people. Something like 69% of retirees have a lot of difficulty with this newfound freedom to do what you want to do. If you want to stay up till 3 in the morning and watch reruns of Seinfeld, go for it. You want to sleep until noon? And start out with steak and eggs at noon. All the rules are off. And to some people, that lack of structure is quite upsetting. A lot of people struggle with not having a routine. And so it's interesting to me. I always talk with retirees when they're about to retire. You know, next Friday is my last day. And then we meet three or six months later. It's my observation that some really do it well. They really have all of these plans. They're going to volunteer. They're going to spend time with their grandchildren. They're going to travel. That honeymoon phase is kind of an interesting period that people react to very differently. 50% of folks in that honeymoon period really look at the money issue because, you know, we all want to do lots of things, but it's all predicated on what our bank account can support. And so we want to go to Europe. We want to go to Hawaii. We want to, we want to buy cars. We want to, 
do whatever that costs money. How do you support that financially and have the sustainability to last for a lifetime? Now, if you've had a stay-at-home husband or wife and your spouse retires, I've got this texting who's been a stay-at-home mom and she's supported her four children and they've got a beautiful, beautiful marriage. And in her Texas drawl, she says, Honey, I got twice the husband and half the space because now he's in my office now. And he's alphabetizing the herb jars. And, you know, he, he's cleaned the garage three times in, in the last month. And so he's kind of climbing the walls and he's in her space all day long. And so she doesn't find his retirement very enjoyable. The financial certainly is an issue. Your cognitive skills, what, what about your physical body? Are, are you going to create a routine that gives you the exercise? And how about the social aspects? I have tennis friends who say they're retired. Nobody emails them anymore. Nobody texts them. He doesn't get voicemails. He kind of fell off the grid. He's off the grid. <laughs> and he's like in the woods. Nobody interacts with him anymore. So it's really up to you to initiate that and not wait for a retirement life to build around you. You've got to be the engineer to make that happen. Mentoring with programs or with other like groups is always encouraged and creating those new routines, whether it's volunteering, learning a new skill set, working part-time, taking some classes. A retirement mentor is certainly something that we would encourage because you want this to be a fun time of your life. And as long as you're healthy, you don't want to be bored or lonely. That's not what it's like. But in many cases, retirement does end up being lonely and you've got so much time on your hands, you get bored. Certainly monitoring your financial life is important. You don't want to go absolutely wild in the first year or two of your retirement in this honeymoon phase and start spending like there's no tomorrow. I'm always Intrigued by people say, well, my mom lived to 85 and my dad lived to 84. And so I'm going to die at that age. Or they say mom lived to be 100 and dad lived to be 98. So I, I've got those 70. I've got 30 more years to go. Only 50% of your longevity is predicated based on studies I've read is based on your genes. The other 50% is based on your diet, your lifestyle, you know, more what you've done with your life than what mom and dad did with their life. So it's always interesting to me. People say very emphatically, well, dad lived to be 100, so I've got 30 more years. I'm only 70, so here's my program. Or conversely, the longevity of my family is very short, so I'm going to burn through my money, my money quicker. And I said, well, what if you live 10 or 20 years past those? Now? Well, no, that's not going to happen. So the concreteness of people's ideas of their day of death has always been interesting to me, and it's almost always wrong. And so you've got to be careful what I wish for. It's really about staying involved, staying connected in some way, shape, or form, understanding your new role. And by the way, 50% of people are still committed to supporting children to the tune of, on average, $6,800 a year. 25% are still committed to financially committed to helping mom and dad because mom and dad are living a whole lot longer than they thought and they've run out of money. So we've got those two things tugging at that limited retirement base of money, that chunk of money. We got kids draining it from one end, mom and dad draining it 
from the other end, that leakage, if you will, will curtail your ability to have that sustainability for you and spouse if you are married. As a newly retired couple is excited about taking the trips, spending time with the grandkids, traveling, working on the projects perhaps that you've always thought of doing but never had time for, now you've got time and you think there's seemingly an endless pile of money there. And just prior to the break, Pat, you were mentioning about, again, some of these drains on those retirement resources that can be a big mistake early on, whether you're trying to maybe shell out some cash to help a child that um, maybe just gone through divorce and needs some resources, or maybe you still have older parents alive and they've outlasted their retirement dollars and now they're struggling to make ends meet. So you're kind of helping on both ends, virtually stuck in the middle, and in doing so, watching your own retirement dreams slowly drain away. Pick up, if you would, with your thoughts. I have seen abuses on both ends, but more for supporting children, adult children, who they don't know how to let go and and they don't know how to have that tough love and say, look, Johnny, you're 35 years old and I can't keep paying for your cell phone or I can't keep paying your car payment. And they tell, well, but he won't have a car if I don't pay his. I said, well, that's the conditions. That's the repercussions of that 35-year-old not preparing. And you're enabling that child, quote-unquote child, 35-year-old child, to depend on mom and dad. And meanwhile, it's draining your retirement monies. So I rarely win those arguments. And and I, I don't want to become a scolding kind of financial advisor. That's not my role. I'm I'm not an expert in parenting. That's for darn sure. But I have to just look at the ramifications of their actions and how they are draining their retirement. It's my job to responsibly tell them that the sustainability of their money and their eating into their principal at their young ages of late sixties, early seventies is not going to work out. And I don't want you living under a bridge when you're 80 years old and you still have a lot of vitality. So it's never a fun session, but I've got to document that at least I advise them that the rate they're going, they're not going to be in a healthy position financially in the not too distant future. That's never a comfortable discussion, but I can't paint pretty picture and ask them to put their rose colored glasses on. If the reality of it is they're heading down a road to a very disastrous result. So it's always an interesting confluence of parenting for many years, taking care of aging parents, going through that honeymoon phase of, yay, we're, we have the freedom to do what we want to do. And, and they're sitting around, it's 8.30, they've had their coffee and they're looking at each other and say, okay, what do you want to do today, honey? And they're kind of challenged by how to fill up all this empty time, empty space. And And then the other hand, you get people who say, I have no idea how I have time to work. I'm so busy. I volunteer here and I do this on Tuesday and that on Thursday. And and Saturday morning, I watch my kids play soccer and my grandkids play soccer. So it's always interesting to have a a whole diverse view of this newfound freedom that some people adjust to beautifully and some people really struggle with the disappointing expectation of what retirement is all about. Again, it's a beautiful thing for for some people, but not for others. Pat, there's got to be a large element here of fear, too. And I say that in the sense that trying to determine 
longevity, as you alluded to a moment ago. A lot of people say, well, mom and dad lived at this age, and therefore, well, you might end up exceeding that age by 10 years, 20 years. Who's to say? And so suddenly then, looking at retirement in the next 10, 20, 30 years, whatever they may be, and trying to answer the question that nobody really has the solid answer to, and that is, what will my longevity look like? What will my health look like? And will my money carry me through? And I guess there's two fears. Either on one end, spending too much at the beginning so that you don't have enough toward the end, or being so conservative at the beginning that you never really have a chance to enjoy retirement and suddenly you reach the end of life. I guess it's not a bad thing to leave a huge nest egg behind to your heirs, but at the same token, you might wonder, gee, mom and dad sacrificed all the years that they were working. They sacrificed all the years that they were retired and never really had a chance to enjoy it. There's that deft touch, I guess, of having the advice of a professional financial individual that can help you kind of very carefully monitor through all of these phases. You really hit on on a really good point. Uh, there are hoarders and there are spenders and, and, and then there's the few people in the middle. Depression babies uh, went through the depression. It stained them and it gave them the frugality throughout their entire life. Fear of spending and fear of running out of money is at the heart and soul of how they wake up every morning. Then you get the other extreme, and they're, they're blowing through all, all their money way too early, thinking that Santa Claus will come in the end and redeposit chunks of money. And so, and by the way, there's the, the, what I call echo depression babies. Those of us who are children of depression children grew up in an, a household where I could hear my mom and dad, you know, we don't work for a PG&E, turn off the lights and turn the heat down and all those frugal things you do. So those of us who grew up as echo depression babies living in environments that were, my mom talked about getting an orange for Christmas and they were thrilled. Imagine giving your child an orange for Christmas on Christmas morning. Now they would throw it at you, I think. And, uh, but my point is relationship with money in retirement really becomes a floodlight on how we interact with money and if it's a healthy relationship or not. And so it's an interesting observation for me to watch in our, my interviews with my clients transitioning through that retirement phase, entering the honeymoon phase and how they begin to enjoy the fruits of their labor. It is a wonderful time. I don't want to sound depressing here, but it's a wonderful time to enjoy the company of people you love and the passions that you've you've enjoyed for the years and and having the freedom to exercise that time and energy and put it to really good productive use. So at the end of the day, the big question for many of us is when we reach retirement, will it meet all of our expectations? Will it exceed our expectations or will we be sadly disappointed? This becomes a very critical time when it comes to appropriate money management, not just saving up enough money to get to retirement, but then to work your way through retirement. 
If you've been going at it alone and you're a little uncertain as to some of the decisions you've made or like to get a better handle on exactly where your financial footing is today as you look toward or through retirement, why don't you take advantage of the complimentary financial health and retirement plan review? There's never any cost or obligation. And to schedule your personal one-on-one appointment, well, it's easy. Simply go to don'tinvestandforget.com and sign up. That's don'tinvestandforget.com and look for the icon that says make an appointment. Again, no cost or obligation. Go to don'tinvestandforget.com or if you prefer, you can call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Certainly at the end of the day, no one has a crystal ball to know exactly what's going to happen in the retirement years, but making sure that you have a plan A, a plan B in place to be ready for the unexpected can take an awful lot of pressure off. Schedule that complimentary financial health and retirement plan review today. Go to don'tinvestandforget.com or call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE, 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. been listening to Don't Invest and Forget with Pat Fatucci. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program or to schedule your appointment for a no-obligation financial plan tune-up in one of the Bay Area offices of Proxy Freedom near you, go to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. Or call 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-C. Or visit don'tinvestandforget.com. Pat Vitucci program guests and Craig Roberts are not affiliated with Proxy Freedom LLC. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Proxy Freedom is no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal profession prior to taking action. Advisory services offered through Proxy Freedom LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. Proxy Freedom and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.